Luke 10, 25-42 And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Hmm. This is the word of the Lord. And thanks be to God. So joined remotely by the great, auspicious, and elusive Will Kynes. And we have two really powerful stories um, and and two stories that are are referenced a lot um, in Christian circles. But... There's a lot here. And, uh, you know, Will, we were just speaking about going through a whole gospel on mm. ODR. There's kind of this catch-22 of either you can go fast um, or at like a moderate pace, which we're kind of doing, and you have to get, like take in a few stories at a time, or you can go slow and like spend the whole year. But one of the one of the benefits of the pace we're going is you get to see a lot of these stories instead of just going one by one. Mm-hmm. and kind of disjointing them from each other, you can kind of see the themes that Luke is yep. putting up next to each other. And I think we can see that beautifully here. So we have the parable of the Good Samaritan, uh, a Sunday school favorite. Mm-hmm. And, you know, very, very thought-provoking the more you dig into it. And then the Mar- Martha and Mary account. And so what do you what do you make of these uh, stories and um, what the Lord would have us take away from these yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing, Will, as I moved from one story to the next, that I don't know if I n- normally think of these stories together. Mm-hmm. And yet, mm-hmm. uh, Luke put them back to back. And really? once you read them together, you start to notice some things. Uh, and I'm not really sure what to do with it, but you know, the story of the Good Samaritan, the Samaritan does a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like the detail is almost over the top. I mean, he poured on oil and wine. And he told the 
innkeeper. You know, I'm going to provide when I come back. It's like more detail than you really need, but it's all this activity that the Samaritan is doing. And Jesus is presenting it as an example of righteousness uh, Mm -hmm. and true love. But then Martha and Mary, uh, you get the opposite where the person who's doing all the stuff is not making the right choice, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, what's going on there? Uh, maybe the stories are supposed to be put back to back like this to m- make us think, okay, the Good Samaritan, his actions are motivated by his love, but be careful when your actions are separated from love, right? Yeah. And Because if that happens, then, you know, Jesus is going to say to you, Martha, Martha, which I can't read without thinking of the Brady Bunch. Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her, which is mm. enjoying relationship with Jesus, her Lord. So did you have thoughts that emerged as you were thinking about these two stories together? Yeah, you know, the lawyer who's kind of the the diving board into the Good Samaritan mm. parable, he's, he's a really fascinating figure to me. And this is a, a interesting exchange yeah. because, you know, he kind of has his theology on the dime. Like mm-hmm. it, the, he, he asks this question, what shall I do to in, inherit eternal life? And, you know, you could kind of read the intention there a couple of ways. Like maybe it was curiosity. Maybe he just wanted to have a chance to, you know, say something that was right. And uh, it was yeah. kind of prideful, but yeah. we don't know, but you know, he, he asks and, then he he quotes the Shema, you know, you shall love yep. the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, your neighbor is yourself. And so he understands the heart of the law, or he he knows the heart of the law, um, yep. the core, but, you know, he doesn't really understand the heart. And, and then, you know, this Samaritan, if you're not super familiar with this context, like that is the cultural enemy you know that's like kind of holding up like a russian and a ukrainian or you know like a a jewish person and a german person in the early 20th century like it it was a very very tense relationship and so much cultural strife and so i i think that it's really interesting though and there's a great warning um of you know I, i think that a lot of times there's we kind of wait for people to just check off the like orthodox boxes. And then we assume that they're like fully in tune with God's heart. Mm. And, um, and so that's what Jesus goes after. And then, you know, I think uh, it's fascinating. Jesus, he, he mentions like uh, these religious leaders who don't stop to help the man. Well, they actually would have been in keeping with the law, you know, because if they were going to, do priestly duties they can't come in contact with blood and with you know a, a dying yep. man and so they actually by the law would have been justified mm-hmm. and yet you know because of god's heart you know the the law of god is meant to point us to the heart of god and not be this standalone legalistic structure and and so they actually totally missed the point and and so I think Jesus is kind of lining up this lawyer, this this person who's a specialist in God's law with these people who in the story are also specialists in God's law as people who are missing the point, which is compassion and love. And I, I love what you said about the uh, the Samaritan 
his works are a sign of his love and his his uh you know mercy and yet we can't overcorrect and be like okay well you know because then we basically our human nature is to go then make another law and be like okay well uh you know i have to be like the good samaritan and whenever i see someone who's hurting like pour out oil and wine and you know give money to the innkeeper and everything but that leads us straight into becoming martha which I, yeah. so I think that's such a fascinating pairing of these stories. Yeah, it is. And uh, you're right to point out the lawyer as just this uh, intriguing character. And I do think one of the keys to the Good Samaritan passage is verse 28, where Jesus says to him, you've answered correctly. And you can imagine this lawyer feeling pretty good about himself yeah, at that yeah. point. <laughs> and then Jesus says, do this and you will live, right? So his what he's answered correctly is eternal life comes through loving the lord mm-hmm. but loving the lord involves action uh yeah. and it looks uh, like so, something yeah it, yeah it involves doing something but then the the lawyer being a lawyer right he turns back and he tries to cross examine jesus and says <laughs> well who's my neighbor right mm-hmm. and that's something that we need to be really sensitive to mm. ourselves cuz once we recognize uh, the call of the gospel to love God and love neighbor, we can all fall into this tendency to say, well, that's just too hard. But if I can exclude certain people or certain groups of people from the category of neighbor, and for a Jew, especially like a law-keeping Jew like this lawyer in the first century, the Samaritan would count as that's not, you know, that's not really my neighbor. Yeah, right? yeah. Like these people don't have the same beliefs as I do. They have this conflicted history. Yeah. Uh, so why could I, I wouldn't be expected to love that kind of a person. So of course it's that exactly that kind of person that Jesus holds out as our exemplar of true love. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could imagine another way that the story could have been told where the Samaritan is actually the person who is, hurt on the side mm-hmm. of the road and yeah. a true loving Jew actually helps the Samaritan. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating that it gets turned the other way around. Uh, yeah. And maybe that hit, makes it hit even harder Definitely. Uh, to Jewish listeners. Yeah. I, that's a great point. And you know, Jesus so easily could have told the story of the good Israelite, you know, the good Jew yeah. who found a Samaritan who was hurt. And I think even there we see God's heart for the nations and we see, you know, this this mission that Christ is on very explicitly to gather God's people from the nations. And uh, and so it's not just the people of Israel who will be justified by their works, but it's it's the people of God who who are so enraptured in the love of God that they love, you know, even their enemies as their own neighbors. And so uh, that's a that's a great call out, a great word of instruction. Yeah. Mm. I think one thing just to conclude then is to return back to Martha and Mary, because this is a somewhat a troubling story mm-hmm. I, uh, because we don't want to say that Martha's doing anything wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. verse 38, welcoming Jesus into her house uh, and then you know, doing all of these things, much serving verse 40. But I think mm-hmm. the key phrase there is was distracted with much serving, mm-hmm. uh, then turns on her sister Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. Yeah. Uh, and that leads to Jesus' response, which is, it is loving and 
he shows a real concern for her. He says, you're anxious and troubled about many things. And mm -hmm. anxiety is going to come up in the next couple chapters that we're reading. Uh, mm -hmm. Anxiety, and that anxiety is paired with God's loving concern. Uh, so maybe that's another way where you see this, this story paralleled with the Good Samaritan is that Jesus is demonstrating the kind of loving concern for Martha that yeah. the Samaritan shows uh, for the man who's been beaten up on the side of the road. Yeah, you know, as a worship leader, this uh, this passage and a staff member of a church, this yeah. passage definitely resonates with me because, you know, Martha is basically doing everything for these people who are listening to Jesus teach. She's kind of like doing everything to make it's conducive to that. Hmm. And Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet and, and it tells us that she sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. And hmm. so, you know, it wasn't just like, I think sometimes we can dumb down Mary to she just like is like sitting there dumbly, like smiling at Jesus, but she's sitting there listening to him and, yeah. you know, wanting to understand him and his teaching. And, you know, as a, as someone who works in a church, it would be like the easiest path for me on Sundays. Like what I am most compelled to do is to just like get up there and lead worship and then kind of go circle the building and do random stuff until the next service and then get up there and lead worship and go. And like it, it is a discipline to stop and go into the auditorium and go find my wife and sit next to her and just listen to God's word and, mm. and listen for his voice. But it's so rewarding, but it's it's not the natural inclination. And, yeah. you know, I think even if you don't work here, if you, you know, serve and are really involved, it, like we're all prone to this. And so it, it's a great word of warning um, that our, our love for the Lord is to call us into action, but um, that cannot eclipse the better thing, which is to sit and listen. Jesus. Yeah. So the good portion, which will not be portion. taken away from us. Amen. Well, this is a great word from uh, wrapping up Luke 10, and we're going to continue tomorrow. For Will Kinds, this is Will Carlisle. We'll see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our Daily Rhythm.